0: Live from New York, it's Ask An Engineer.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask An Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada the Engineer. And uh, we're broadcasting live from our downtown Manhattan factory. Me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, Phil. We're married, people have been asking us. Uh, Now you know. And uh, this is our factory. It's where we manufacture all the electronics and do the videos and write the code and the tutorials. All the projects that you know and love from Adafruit, but for the next hour, we're going to take you on a whirlwind tour of all the latest news and updates in the world of making, hacking, electrical engineering, and more. Mr. Lady Ada, why don't you kick it off and tell people what's on tonight's show,
0: including the code. All right, on tonight's show, the code is Starro. Oh. We'll show why soon. Uh, but they get you 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to probably midnight, or if I remember to turn off sooner than that. So use it or lose it, tonight only. Talk about our Adafruit Live shows, including show and tell, time travel, look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers, help wanted, jobs from jobs.adafruit.com. Don't forget, you can also post your skills, or if you're looking for talent, post up your job there. We moderate them and we make sure there's nothing weird going on. Well, good weird, anyways. Um, it's always weird. Yeah. I Main New York City factory footage, 3D printing, got Hi. some ion MPI, new products, top secret. We answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash discord, where you can join all 30,000 of us, join the community, all that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer.
1: Yes. All right. Well,
0: first up, let's um, do the usual. Um, I always have a a little bit of a COVID update here because, (laughs) yeah, Uh, New New York City tends to be the center of the world for a lot of stuff. So New York has almost the strictest things that are being implemented as of today which is you need to show a proof of vaccination
1: and um, ID sometimes
0: sometimes but a proof of vaccination uh, form app card in some way in a lot of places basically anywhere there's people Um,
1: Indoor dining entertainment gyms
0: yeah if a store has uh, seating for people. Yeah. So that's starting. Yeah. Enforcement starts uh, around September 12th, I think, of yeah. next month. And so uh, our mission has been to uh, get any of our employees vaccinated who still uh, haven't done that yet, get out all the information and then be ready for the inevitable, which is probably um, mandates for all forms of business. So right now it's, it's, um, and if you talk- Non-essential. Yeah. Well, if you talk to the restaurant owners, they're like, this is, being un- unfairly put on them because they're becoming the enforcers of this
1: yeah and they're not wrong they're not wrong yeah
0: so um, that's what's going on here so this might be a preview of what's going on everywhere else San francisco uh, is doing yeah. fully vaccinated and it does matter on the date in New york they're saying look just anything they just want
1: one dose anything and it could have been yesterday they just want that yeah. vaccination rate and we, it actually i sent you the notes from the city meeting so we've gotten to 77 percent of adults 18 plus yeah, have at city. least one vaccine dose yeah
0: So anyways, is on the Small Business Council of New York where um, once in a while you get invited to a meeting to listen to see what they're doing. That gives us a little bit of a- You get a heads up. uh, We get a little bit of a heads up so we can plan accordingly at Adafruit. And um, like I said, I think last week, the trend that we're seeing in our little microcosm of the world, our little slice, is if people live in households where everyone else is unvaccinated, even if they are vaccinated, that's when we're, we've seen breakthrough cases they've been okay but that's what seems to be happening the the areas where people are unvaccinated is where things are coming through so use that information the best you can we're just reporting it from the ground we here. have no
1: say in this i'm on a council but it's not like a council where i, I where they ask me questions they're like uh, here's what we're doing <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm positive no one's going to listen to us yes. um, about a lot of things okay nope. so um not only do we have the code Staro but we do freebies as you check out Lady Ada. Yes. What are the freebies?
1: Okay, $99 or more, you get a free half size from Proto. It's great for taking your breadboard projects and making them permanent. $149 or more, you get a free STEMa QT breakout board. It could be a driver, it could be a sensor, it could be an accelerometer, it could be a DAC, whatever. Got all sorts of different boards, make an account, and you'll get a different one each time. 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. If it's connected to the main 48 states, you can get free UPS ground shipping and it's tracked and it's insured. 299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our d 21 based board that is wonderful for beginners or experts because it has all this stuff built in and you can code it with Arduino, CircuitPython, Code.org, CS Discovery, MakeCode, Rust, TinyGo, Lisp, etc. It's a very well supported chip. I think even like Zephyr supports it. Yep. Minute, all these good things when you order from fruit.
0: Okay, we have a live series of shows. Uh, thank you no Pedro for hosting. Thank you. Do the recap, I think there was a bunch of cool stuff. Definitely uh, check it out.
1: Super fun, we'll be back. We, we, we are alternating we, our hosting. We alternate,
0: yeah, mostly yeah. because uh, it's just getting extremely busy, but from what I understand, and I'll have to check because I watch the show until after Ask an Engineer. Kevin was on, and Kevin's from DigiKey, and there is a Halloween hack fest going on. Uh, we're part of it. We said we'd help get the word out.
1: Halloween starts in August.
0: Halloween is it's, all year round now. It's
1: true. And but it really heats up in August.
0: Yeah, it's really all year now. No, it's just that, That's what we've done as a company for the yeah. last decade plus. So, anywho, um, on Sundays we do Jess of Lady Ada, and this week, part one, what did you show?
1: Okay, so. Um we actually, I showed off, uh, you know, because I didn't have any hardware that I'd been, I'd been working on the last week because we've been dealing with all this stuff. Um, but I did talk about um, the Adafruit design philosophy. You know, what, what makes an Adafruit board look like an Adafruit board? Because as we show, there's an Adafruit board that appeared in a movie. We're going to talk about know, this in the show.
2: Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah,
1: yeah. No spoilers. Um, but, you know, it, as, it, as we, you know, Phil and I were watching it at home because we're, we're married, as we mentioned, um, and I saw this board flip by, you know, in, in a hundredth of a second. I was like, oh, that's an Adafruit breakup board. And then I was like, wow, that's weird. Why did I know that was a breakup board even though it was on screen for, for like a m- milliseconds? And um, the answer is there's a couple of design things that we do with color and header and mounting holes. Um, some of this from uh, K Town, some of it from me some of it from other people who've designed boards at Adafruit. And so uh, I just kind of talked about that stuff to, yeah. stuff to look for, what, what we do and why we do it that way. And uh, yeah.
0: And then we do the great search. The great search is when Lady Ada uses her powers of engineering to help people find things on Digikey because there is mm, a chip shortage. We did this show before shortage. the chip shortage, but now it's even extra handy. So what, what did you try to help out with this week?
1: Okay, so you sent me, um, there's a crowdfunding campaign. Um, mm. That you saw on Crowd Supply, and they had an update. We we backed it, and they had an update saying we're only waiting for one part, this regulator from TI, and TI is having a lot of difficulty getting parts. And so I thought it was a little bit of a challenge. Uh, why not um, attempt to find an alternative for this chip? And I'm not saying that the alternative I found is valid. There's probably a lot of reasons why it isn't. But um, no. if this person, the crowdfunder, wanted to get the board out, here's a couple alternatives that that do what they say is important, and I show. Um, a couple tips I find uh, using the TI website as well as the DigiKey website to actually purchase things. Like, find alternatives and actually make sure they're purchasable. And um, we found a couple thousand of, of stock of an alternative part, a teeny bit more expensive, um, but maybe good enough, and, and hopefully, you know, maybe yeah. it'll help the crowd uh, funder. If, it, you know, other people have crowdsourced projects that they're waiting on a part, send them over. Me and Mr. Lady Ada will locate it to the best of our ability so far i've been able to help everybody who said they couldn't get a part find some parts
0: i think the showing the process of how you find these things is even more valuable than finding the thing because that's what you get to learn is like oh like that's the way to find it so it doesn't matter what part you're looking for um how you arrive to that so you get you don't have to slog through decades of searching for things online like you have.
1: I, I have made yeah. every mistake in, in buying things, and I will teach you all of the things that I've learned. Yeah. Uh, it's all learned the hard way.
0: <laughs> all right, JP's product pick, we do that every single Tuesday. We broadcast live from the product page. Here is this week's highlight from JP's product pick of the week.
2: It is the BrainCraft hat for machine learning on the Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi 4 with the BrainCraft hat right on top of it. I'm running the TensorFlow Lite uh, object recognition, and it is searching for objects. I actually have the uh, headphone output going into a little amplifier and speakers. Let's start off with a really popular one.
1: Coffee mug.
2: Coffee mug, excellent, it did a good job with that it nailed it screwdriver okay just for the heck of it what happens with lars what does it think of lars oh it thinks it thinks lars is a teddy that's very cute uh he's not and he's not safe so don't use that as an example of of things you should do kids it is the brain craft hat all right jp's
0: workshop is tomorrow and big news Congratulations, JP! Two hundred episodes.
1: Yes, That's amazing. Right. That's I a mean, lot. JP has done so many shows; people love them. Um, you've known JP for you know over a decade now. Yeah, um, he's always really good in front of the camera. He always brings like a, a, an infectious joy to his videos. I love yeah. watching them, and I learn a lot. Like I learn a lot from uh, reading his guides, watching his videos, yeah. and checking out his projects. J-
0: JP is um, our Disney Plus uh programming and i mean that in a good way because um uh, and i'll t- just tell one one story of some different possible futures so back in the day when we were casting make television yeah. and i was at make magazine dale publisher at makes it hey phil you know you're on camera you do stuff a-, a lot do you want to be the host of make television and i said um I can't really look in the camera and tell kids everything is gonna be okay all the time. Yeah. So I just I know I know that like that that little bit of sadness would always come across, or I'd always think about it. You
1: definitely emo, yeah. Well, it's not emo. It's just like
0: it's (laughs) like hey, like sometimes things aren't gonna be all right, Um, and I feel like that's not a good look for a uh, television production. Like you need you need people that can bury that in another place. So congratulations, JP. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> for I don't ba- know I don't
0: know your pain <laughs> I don't know where we
1: went but I guess we yeah. ended up here.
0: anyways um, so that's what so we th- we ran into JP and that's and he's a host uh, He was a host of make yeah. television anyways um, and you were in one of them with the uh, jammer and I was a extra in one of them yes that's right um, I did some writing out, for some of them but um, it's good work yes. all right so uh, this Shot in our Thursday lobby. which is tomorrow uh, JP's gonna be showing off this Alright, and also JP does a CircuitPython Parsec. Here is the latest one. See you on the other side.
2: For the CircuitPython Parsec today, what I wanted to do is show how we can account for different microcontroller boards inside of one piece of code. So as you can see here, I have a whole bunch of different microcontrollers. They're all running the same code, but the code is aware of which board it's running on and therefore can accommodate for differences where we have dot stars versus NeoPixels, uh, one NeoPixel versus many. And so the way we do this is we're importing time and board and we're importing OS. Using os.uname.machine command, I'm able to set this variable called board type which just asks the board, hey, what type of board are you? Which returns a string. Then we can do things like, if the word trinket was in the board name, set it up as a dot star. If QDPI M0 Hackspress was in the board name, set it up as a single NeoPixel. If it's a macro pad, we're gonna use the actual macro pad library to talk to the whole set of 12 NeoPixels. This is what happens at the top of the code. We figure out which board we're using and then we set things up, import libraries, do what's necessary for that board. Then inside of the main loop of the code, I'm checking uh, a variable I created called LED style. So some of these actually are pretty similar once they've been set up. If it's LED style one, it's gonna use a dot star. If it's style two, it's gonna use however many NeoPixels are on there. If it's the style four, we know it's the macro pad and we're gonna use some different uh, code for that. Now you can see this in action. I'm gonna change this to be just pure green. I'm gonna save that file now you can see over here in the finder, just copy the code one at a time. So we'll go to the uh, circuit playground blue fruit. I'll hit save and now you'll see that blue fruit board is a, a green set of NeoPixels. If we drop that onto the macro pad, replace. And you can see here I'm not having to save eight different uh, code.py files. I can use them all on any of these boards because we have accommodated for their differences. This is really useful for display-based boards such as the Funhouse and the MacroPad and PyBadge, PyGamer, anything that has a display on it. There's going to be some differences in how you set those up. So that's one, one use case for this. And so that is how you can accommodate for different boards inside of your code.py inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec.
0: Okay, and next up on Fridays, Deep Dive with Scott. Next one will be this Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay.
1: Great way to learn about the depths of CircuitPython.
0: Yep. All right, time travel.
1: What okay. are we traveling to today?
0: Well, this week we're traveling to Disclosureville, Population Us. So okay. I'm, so I'm going to have a graphic that says, like, Disclosure. Disclosure. Don't blame me. Yeah. Not my fault. Not okay. sponsored. Okay. Not part of DARPA. Yeah. Don't work for Warner Brothers. We have Brothers. never
1: taken DARPA money.
0: We've not. No. Um, we've, Yeah, so my disclosure is yeah. I'm going to talk about Another Warner Brothers thing. It has nothing to do. We we don't have anything to do with Warner Brothers. I should say. We just like movies sometimes, and sometimes our stuff is in the movies. So, here we go.
1: That said, if Taco (laughs) Atiti wanted to give me money to do something with him, I would. I I, I would do it. I'd actually do for free.
0: So this is uh, one of our boards, and you did. Uh, the desk of Lady Ada about what makes some Adafruit boards look why distinctive. Did, why does
1: this look like an Adafruit board? Yeah. So I, I talked about so that. So let me
0: let me finish the disclosure. So in the past, no, really, this is where I'm at now. I know. Look, you haven't you haven't been on Twitter recently.
1: No, I mean, like, you don't know it, what's
0: going on and there. And I
1: think it's been better for you.
0: So, <laughs> so here's the thing: if everyone wants to believe the worst in each other now, correct. It's a problem. It's fun. It's all bad faith, and and I think I'm just going to spend extra time each time reassuring everyone that when you see us writing about something, or if you see us talking about something, it's because we want to. And if we were to take money for something, we would tell you. So anyways, our stuff was in um, Disney's Mandalorian. And there was a whole behind the scenes thing. Which was cool. Super cool. So that was the, the Disney Marvel universe. Now we're in the Warner Brothers DC universe. And we were watching Suicide Squad, sorry, the suicide squad. And different movie, different not a movie. sequel,
1: totally different.
0: And you saw uh, King Shark hold up a little thing and he says peacemaker and uh, you noticed it was our board. Yeah. One frame in. And um, that's the board right a there. Cute shark. That's the board right there. And now this is where it gets accusatory. So around yeah. the same time that we noticed and we started talking about this for hey, cool, look, our stuff is in a movie, a movie that we liked. We kind of like Harley Quinn, you know, that's cool um, for us. Uh, they also had a, like, five-second uh, promotional clip
3: yeah. that was
0: going around, and it had our it had our board in it. So here it is, and I think this is so short I can just play it on YouTube without yeah, getting... I think so Without too. YouTube also being mad at me. So here, is, is yeah, it, here okay. it is. Six seconds is a here it is. Peacemaker. No. Looks nothing like me. The Suicide Squad. We did all. Okay, so um, that's the board. That's the look of it and you saw it in a millisecond and then everyone started emailing us and I'm not
1: the only one who apparently has yeah has and
0: when I was watching it when I was watching the movie um you know we look at this we look at everything through the lens of electronics I'm like hey this will be a cool thing let me email Noah and Pedro see if they'll do a 3d print of Starro and put a Halloween in it yeah so that's our time travels for this week I'm going to have a little thing that goes disclosures. Don't blame me. Yeah. Not my fault. Yeah. Not corrupted. Right. Not DARPA. Cool. So, (laughs) not in the big pocket of WB. Yeah. Um, All right. So, next time travel, this is a 1982 Vectrex from Phil B.
4: This is a Vectrex, one of the 8 bit 1980s game consoles, and one of the very few non handheld consoles to include its own screen. It had a vector CRT, similar to arcade games like Asteroids or Battlezone. And it dawned on me that younger viewers, unless you've visited like a retro arcade, you might have never seen a vector display. The raster CRTs used for TVs and most games of the time, they had an electron beam following a uniform pattern, top to bottom, left to right, giving us that pixel grid. And the world graduated to LCDs and OLEDs, but that pixel concept remains. Vector displays don't have that. Instead, the electron beam is steered only where it's needed. So it gives this distinct look. There's no pixelation, but conversely, can't handle filled shapes. It's got this austere, Tron-like aesthetic. Funny thing, the Vectrex is a very similar size and shape to the Macintosh, even has a carrying handle in the same spot. The Mac won awards, it's in museums, despite the Vectrex arriving about 14 months earlier.
0: Okay, and also a little AdaBox reminder. So we'll be shipping the next AdaBox sometime in October. And uh, we're already down to about only 150 openings. Uh, it'll change. Over they're going.
1: Time. They're You know, we're, we're yeah. a couple of day. are, are going.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you haven't already, go to adabox.com. All right. Every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we have Collins Notes. This week is no exception. I'm going to play one out of the last ones from the last week.
1: Yes. Um, do you, but they're all very good.
0: I, I think I'm going to do knobs.
1: I like the knobs. Do the knobs one. Yeah, Very knobs. informative.
3: Let's do knobs. Knobs use a variety of standards to fit securely on potentiometers, encoders, rotary switches, what have you. In addition to shaft diameter, there's three basic shapes you're most likely to see. Smooth, or round, uses a simple cylindrical shaft. The knob is secured by a tiny set screw on its side, and yes, that screw is easy to lose and can come loose if not tightened fully. Knurled or split shaft are easy to spot with their rounded teeth. Be careful of subtypes which use different spacing between the teeth or splines. 18T is the most common standard, so go with that if you have to choose. D shaft or flatted shaft is the most simple, stabilized by the shaft's cutaway cylinder shape. As long as the knob's indicator line is placed correctly relative to the pot's orientation, you're good to go.
0: Right, and um, I did see a, a question in the chat that I can hit real time. Mm. Um, will we ever have uh, Colin videos that are in landscape? The answer is not Colin's lab notes, and the reason is, and uh, I know this is going to be not great news for some folks. Most people watch content on their phones or and
1: tablets, y- or they're yeah.
0: what? Eh, see, it's on their phones. So which is basically phones? Yeah, right? we well. It's it's not even, it's not even it, just, it, this
1: is a different it, format. We have this video is, is long. It, it is. And his videos are tall, yeah. and I think we have a little bit it, for everybody. It is.
0: So what, even even with the landscape ones, mo- most people are watching a video on their phones. That's the stats from all the um, reports that we look at across all the video places that we use. And um, they're, they're looking at stuff and their, their attention span is pretty short. And so we're using this as bite-sized pieces to get knowledge out.
1: It's, it's a little bit of a, you know, you, your creativity is pushed when you have constraints. And in this case, the constraint is minute or less and, uh, you know, uh, portrait format and with yeah. a very short intro and, and, and outro. And, you know, what, what can we teach about electronics in a minute? And I think it's actually kind of fun. I think the videos, I, I, you know, they encapsulate a very small but succinct, yeah. information they get right to the business there's no like hey everybody hit that like subscribe button welcome bros like here's what I'm doing here's what I right for lunch now just go straight yeah. into knobs
0: and um,
1: nob, nob, the nobs. other thing
0: is it with Colin's videos in particular is you, you're watching them but you're there for the voice yeah that's what it is okay other bits of time travel um, Adafruit IO uh, this is a tweet that someone just put out they were able to uh, sign up for the beta for whippersnapper and they were able to get a IoT button with if, then, this, that, all integrated in less than um, 15 minutes, and without writing a single line of code.
1: Yep, wait till you see what we've got so, up our sleeves with yeah. this. We are, we are doing everything, we're combining everything we've learned about yeah. um, no code, easy deployment, um, people who have only Chromebooks, people who have only mobile phones, people who like you know have locked down Windows 7 computers. How can we make an IoT platform that works for them?
0: Yeah. So for the people who want to join this, um, I think so this is interesting. If, if this was a startup, it would be on um, uh, like Product Hunt and it would be on like TechCrunch and all that. But we're not a startup; we don't operate that way. Um, this is an IoT no-code solution that uh, is the most open system that I know of. Um, it doesn't. It's free. It's free, it's free. and it. it uh, we don't force you to use um, only our devices. So, anyways, if you want to be part of the beta, all you have to do is go to our Discord server and post in the help with Adafruit IO and say that you'd like to be um, a whippersnapper beta person, and that's it. Um, and we'll probably do something special for folks who are on the beta. But um, it is super easy, no code. You could do anything with
1: you know what else we did uh, this, IoT
0: in fifteen minutes or less.
1: This is this is the thing that like I'm so proud of. We are getting rid of the whole like it shows up as an access point. And then you have to get it at your phone, you have to change yeah. the access point, and then you have to go to the thing and you have to enter it in and then you have to undo yeah. it. We're getting rid of that. You, you enter in your credentials onto uh, a JavaScript form that is run, running on your computer so we don't even know what your yeah. credential data is. and it generates um, a hex file and then programs programs it into your ESP32 using Web serial. So all you need is a Chrome browser, which every computer can get. it's free. And uh, all of the deployment stuff, we're going to try to make it as easy yeah. as possible.
0: And don't take our word for it. You can start to see what folks are saying. Um, w- what we want to do is have something that's so easy that we get criticized for making it too easy mm, for everyone, mm, which mm. we do with everything else. Uh, we, that was going to be make, our motto, yeah. so easy even
1: a girl could do it. But you you and I decided to do something different.
0: Yeah, that's a little Adafruit history. You wanted to have that as the, the tagline. That was
1: going to be the, the Adafruit motto. And I
0: thought that would would have divided people up instead of bring them together so I said well maybe we could say it once in a while but maybe we shouldn't have that like on the website yeah, yeah. anyways we could still do it all right help on it. okay um I just wanted to recap we have some new jobs that came into the job board but I wanted to recap the ones that are there because I think these are relevant so Open Hardware Summit chair, seeking an influencer, content creator, rock star from Boom. DigiKey, software developer, yes. um, C, C++, Python, Arduino, and design, build wearable necklace pendant that buzzes. Cool. These are all interesting jobs that you could get now. Yes. All right. Let's do some Python on hardware.
1: Okay, Blanca,
0: what's new this week? All right. So two things this week, um, what I usually do, I'm gonna quickly show, the newsletter is a monster um, in a good way. So we have our CircuitPython 7 Alpha 6 release. Do check it out. You can look at all the additions uh, since 7.0. Sign up, check that out. Already talked about the Halloween hack fest. Um, Tom's Hardware reviewed the MacroPad and gave it outstanding. It's a, it's editor's choice. Oh. Um, and so it's the ultimate DIY keypad. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people do cool stuff with Thanks, it. Thanks, Tom. Last week we did, um, yeah, I wonder, I guess we is
1: there, could. Is that Tom the editor?
0: Tom's Hardware.
1: It's his hardware.
0: I should find out and see. Who is Tom? I wonder if it's like Myspace, there's a guy in the background.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> friend. Yeah,
0: I'm your buddy. <laughs> I don't think anyone remembers that. Um,
1: my Last cards.
0: week we um, showed, uh, it was like breaking news, uh, it was steroids, I think that's what it's called. And it's um, all the different ways you can use one code.py file across all these different boards, different screens, which is unheard of in um, devices and electronics. And so uh, we got that going on with over four different processors. So you can run same everything. Uh, you don't have to do anything different drop the code on, and it just runs across uh, NRF52840, RP2040, CMD51, um, ESP32S2, and I think there's another STMs. Run. Yeah.
1: Whatever. Yeah. Whatever chips, TNC4, anything that's supported by CircuitPython, it's consistent, it's the same.
0: All right. Um, I'm gonna show a video in a second, and then um, we've been talking about air quality here at Adafruit a bunch because we have all these CO2 monitors, and we've been keeping uh, from the very beginning of last year, because we were an essential business, we were still uh, back before vaccines and everything. We were working; we had masks on, but we wanted to make sure we had the best uh, air quality and circulation and fresh air coming in. Um, and so, it's always good to see these projects because I think a lot of people are starting to do it. It isn't is a way to see how good the air it's is. It's a
1: great project for kids in school. It's like it's yeah. you, you know it's very easy. We have a lot of really easy air quality monitor projects and they're not expensive and you can learn about science. And like CO2, it's used for air quality, but it's also used for environmental science and for greenhouse and um, agricultural science.
0: With there being smoke and you name it, that's going in the air and then that's the outside. And then when you're inside, you want to make sure the CO2 levels are low because it means there's less people and not having a bunch of people indoors right now is a good idea. Yeah. Um, So anyways, Check that one out. And all the rest of the stuff in hard
2: the
0: board, newsletter.
1: Hardware, keyboards, But this Python. week,
0: I pick one thing each week, and yes. this week I picked this. This is, um, and I'm gonna do the narration over this. This is a uh, person who does MMOs. And Final Fantasy MMOs. And they said, hey, I knew this would be perfect for my MMO hotkeys. So this person, uh, they use a controller, so it's nice. And they showed all the shortcuts, so as they, um, click the buttons, you can see.
1: Oh, for emotes, what a great idea. Because yeah. there's usually like a pain to type in.
0: And they noticed that it's easy to use with CircuitPython. And the person said, I still have some adjustments to make to colors and different shortcuts available, but I like it so far. So they were able to put this together really fast, and um, you can see how uh, with the knob, you can select different things for each yeah, emote.
1: Yeah,
0: And they said this is pretty easy for, uh, eases it up, eases for me. Uh, these keycaps are from an old keyboard. They're gonna get nicer ones. And so this project will continue on. I'm on so happy.
1: Route. I really, you know, the macro pad, it kind of, it's one of those things where I was a little worried because it kind of does one thing, but turns out that one thing is something that people really want. So I think it's cool that, um, you know, yeah. I, I don't play Final Fantasy Online. It looks super fun. I, I definitely don't have time for that. Um, and uh, looks like they use it for Adobe yeah. and OBS and streaming. And, and what a handy all-in-one tool. And I love that they decorated it with these cool keycaps as well.
0: And, you know, and learning about more code is fun. And that's how they close the video. I, I think that this is one of those times, once again, where, I'm just gonna say it, there's gatekeepers in the world of electronics and they are terrified to see things like this because it's so easy and there's people that have never done coding Oh, i'm sure able... people are like
1: oh that's not really coding you just edited a json file yeah. how is that coding it's like yeah. that's coding and,
0: and so <laughs> and so this is the start and look at the tool that someone gets on like the most valuable real estate their desk and the thing that they care about and the thing that they do every day yeah. so i think that's one of the things like we we, we definitely get um uh, snarked on because we're, we're making things too easy but we're not making things too easy we're just making things more accessible to people easy is subjective so anyways. So easy. Alright, and that's Python on Hermer this week.
1: Even a steak could do it. Okay, cool. Next up.
0: Alright, we're an open source hardware company to prove it. We have two thousand five hundred twenty-five guides. Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week?
1: Couple guides this week. you wrote up a guide for the Adafruit MCP ninety-six oh one. It's an I squared two thermocouple amplifier, one of the very few uh I squared two thermocouple amplifiers out there. No STMI QT board. There's a guide. JP did a project on how to make a custom uh, numpad mechanical keyboard using our ortho snap um, uh, key snap apart thingies. Um, and uh, I think it's with a RP2040 feather. I don't remember exactly what the microcontroller is. I'm uh, just showing how to make a custom keyboard. And then um, some really interesting tools that will do like the plate um, layout and then like the definition. Like it, it, there, it, it, Don't go for the, you know, Circuit Python. Stay for like all the ex- extra tools that he shows you how to use. And then um, we're doing more camera stuff. Jeppler um, did this cool thing where he snagged some code that was used in OpenMV by somebody else that does QR decoding, not creating a QR code, but actually scanning one with a camera. And we got it working in CircuitPython, um, and we're using the ESP32-S2-Kaluga dev kit. Uh, And we even did a project where it scans a QR code and then goes to the internet and puts that data on the internet. So you can really start to combine and make very complicated uh, demos. It's not incredibly fast for QR code, but it, It does work, um, and I think that's really neat. Okay, all right.
0: Next up, let's do some factory footage.
5: Take the metal plunger, if there's any debris in the pump, it should come out. Do this part slowly, just because the metal wire is
0: cold in comparison and might freeze up in there. Once it's initially in, you're fine. And it wouldn't be factory footage without at least a photo of something going outside. This is the, uh, Freedom Tower reaching up into the clouds. And this is Disney headquarters across the street.
1: So they're adding more and more floors every week.
0: Yeah.
1: Seeing it built real-time.
0: It's happening. Alright, 3D printing. Now Pedro back. And that means we have two videos, we're gonna play them back to back. Before I do it though, I'm just gonna remind everybody, because one of the videos, the starro of the show, Staro, um, is uh, starro because we Star-O. have a 3D printed of Staro. Staro! So uh, this is where we got the idea Yay. from, and uh, that's the discount Biotronics, code for tonight.
1: Put it on your face.
0: And here is the two videos for
5: this week. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we'll show you how we made an emoji keyboard with the Adafruit Cutie Pie RP2040 and the 1x4 Neo key. Emojis are pretty easy to use on a mobile device, but they're actually kind of annoying when you're on a desktop or laptop. This project takes the macro pad approach and lets you press a single key to make those emojis happen. One button press sends a keyboard shortcut, searches for the desired emoji, and then uses the return key to append it. On macOS, the emoji pop up window lets you pick and search for emojis. Using arrow keys, you can navigate and use the return key to choose your emoji. The Adafruit QtPi RP2040 is the perfect little CircuitPython board for this project. There's no soldering required, and you just connect the 1x4 Neo key with a Stemma Qt cable. With KL sockets, you can easily swap out the keys for your favorite Cherry MX compatible switches. Our little 3D printed enclosure is a minimal design that snap fits together and keeps everything compact. The CircuitPython demo code for this project, by Liz Clark, uses the Neo key and the USB HID library. You can customize the key codes and dedicate each one to a different set of commands. Liz put together a code walkthrough in the learn guide so you can get a nice breakdown. There's two different versions of the code, one for Windows and the other for macOS. macOS Big Sur treats the pop-up differently so there's additional delays needed to properly search and pick emojis. A really cool feature is the NeoPixel LEDs will light up a different color for each key and stays lit while the emoji is being activated. This works as a nice indicator so you're less likely to spam the keys, which can definitely still happen. These keycaps are re-legendable, so you can add little inserts to decorate each key. I used Carter Nielsen's PDF template to print out a sheet of my favorite emojis. Using an x and my digi key ruler, I carefully cut out each square, making sure to trim along the inside of the dashed lines. This is a pretty easy way to add that extra level of polish to your project for fairly low effort. Having a full-color insert with emojis directly on them is a pretty sweet way to label your key switches. Each keycap is two pieces. The top cover is clear plastic that snap fits over a gray keycap. I found it easier to remove the top covers when the keycap is secured to a key switch. Just fit your fingernail underneath the top cover to pop it off. These inserts are sized to perfectly fit inside the top cover. Once inside, it's easy to press fit the covers back onto the gray keycap. They're actually symmetrical, so you can orient them in whichever way you like. If you're looking to design and 3D print your project, be sure to check out our 3D models of Adafruit boards and components. Here I'm using a model of the Cutie Pie and the 1x4 NeoKey, which features all of the onboard components. They're available on GitHub, so feel free to download them and use them in your projects. To build this project, you'll need a few parts and hardware which we have listed in the description of this video and in the learn guide. The 1x4 NeoKey has four mounting holes which make it easy to secure to an enclosure using M25 hardware. I like to insert a single screw through one of the mounting holes and then fasten the standoffs while holding them in place. Repeat for all four holes just be sure to install them on the correct side of the PCB. Once the hardware is installed just line up the mounting holes on the bottom cover with the standoffs. Like before start with just one screw and work your way through all four mounting holes. The standoffs and screws are both really short so the PCB has a pretty low profile when secured to the bottom. I designed a built-in holder for the Cutie Pie, so it's easy to install with a little snap-fit action. Start by inserting the board at an angle so the PCB fits under these little clips in the corner. Slightly flex the cover to fit the Cutie Pie underneath the second set of clips. This will keep the PCB secured so it won't pop out when connecting a USB cable. Then all it's left to do is connect the Stemme Qt cable to the 1x4 Neo key and plug it into the Cutie Pie. This is my favorite part of the project. The frame snap fits over the bottom cover with the large opening lined up with the CutiePies USB-C type connector. The four key slots on the top cover line up with the 1x4 Neo key and just snap fit into place. You'll want to orient the key switches with the sockets so the pins are going straight into the sockets. Lastly, you can add your favorite keycaps to each of the switches to finish this up. I really like how just about everything in this project is modular, including the code, switches, and even the keycap inserts. I hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython in your next project and share your projects with us on Adafruit's weekly show and tell.
0: Okay, and don't forget, No Pedro, back on Wednesdays, 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. All right, Lady Aida, you ready?
4: Yes.
3: Hi, on FBI.
0: All right. This week's Ion NPI is from Ublocks. Ublocks, one of so, our favorite
1: GPS yeah. and Bluetooth module companies.
0: Special thanks to Digi-Key for helping us with these segments. Yes. Every single week, this is where we will show you where to get the Ion MPI the yes. product introduction. So what? Is it this
3: week?
1: Okay, so this week, um, so I check this out on, uh, I go to digikey.com slash new and I check out the what's new. I kind of read every, every blurb and I decide what I think is, is the niftiest new technology of the week. And also I try to make sure it's in stock uh, so people can actually buy it, which is a new challenge that we're living with. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are going to look at uh, the uBlocks um, angle of attack, the AO, AOA1 uh, dev kit. Um, this is uh, there's two dev kits there's the AOA one and the AOA 2. the AOA one is less expensive and it has uh, one you know transmitter that's the thing on the right and then uh, one tag that's the thing on the left. And these are used um, to implement the, uh, the new feature of Bluetooth low energy 5.1. A lot of people think of Bluetooth like 4.0 is Bluetooth low energy but 5 and 5.1 added a new capability um, called angle of attack um, analysis and angle of departure analysis. And basically um, what this is for is it allows you to solve in what I call an age-old well-trodden problem um, or challenge in electrical engineering and um, you know industrial design where you want to track something indoors and you want to know where it is in 3D space. And this is a... Um, It's not shocking to people who've tried to do it, but for beginners, um, they don't realize just how incredibly hard this problem is. It's really, really hard to know where something is in 3D space. Um, so you know, a lot of times when people think about, okay, I want to find something in a room, they think of like using a vision system. Um, I thought this, I saw this cool image from Wikipedia um, from the iBo dog, because we were talking about iBo vision recognition um, at dinner a couple yeah. couple nights ago, and you know, there's a robot dog, and it has a camera, and it can recognize this pink ball. And um, the, the ball has to be pink, and it has to be round. And the vision system can recognize where it is in the room, and it can use like some triangulation to kind of tell how far away it, it is and what direction it's at. And um, this is one, you know, this is the closest approximation to very basic organic life um, vision recognition systems, right? There's, there's, if you watch nature shows, there's shrimp, and they're like they can detect where the sun is or where the moon is, right? And that's the the most basic kind of vision recognition. Um, And If you want to do uh, more object detection, um, some more complicated stuff, you can use stuff like OpenCV or TensorFlow. Uh, Again, it's a vision system. You do have to have really good lighting. The thing has to be recognized within your system. But you can kind of detect where it is in a room, and you can also, again, you can use um, some mathematical analysis to determine kind of where it is in the room. But both of these uh, really depend on um, having the object be fully visible and it has to be a recognizable shape and, you know, having very good lighting, if it's obscured, it won't work. And that, that's, the, that's the challenge, right? A lot of people have object detection recognition systems um, that use vision, but if that thing is, you know, if that, you know, bowl is behind the computer, obscured by the computer, the computer, the vision system won't recognize it. Um, when people think a lot about, um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, detection of where something is, lo- location detection, of objects. A lot of people think about uh, GNSS or GPS um, positioning systems that use satellites. This is our you know, very popular GPS module. And um, these are really great, but they're only really great when you're outdoors. GPS does not work indoors, which is kind of a surprise. Not surprise, but like a lot of people forget that. They're like, oh, why don't I just use GPS indoors? And the answer is, you can't. You can't use GPS indoors. It has to be outdoors and you need to have it, be able to get a good fix. And even then, um, because of the way GPS works, you're not going to get precision or accuracy better than about 10 meters. Um, if you want to get uh, better accuracy you can use something called RTK, which we covered also u-blocks. they you know they have premier RTK uh, hardware and designs that you can use. Check out um, this video which we did last year around this time about the um, RTK uh, Z F9P GNSS RTK modules. Um, these are also to be used outdoors, although they can, I think they can be used semi-outdoors, semi-indoors. Um, and they do a cool thing that combines um, time of flight and GPS to, to get you centimeter level um, uh, location detection. But again, really good for outdoor things like drones or robots that are outdoor, robotic cars. Those are the sorts of things use RTK. Again, not going to be good for indoor object recognition. Alright, so you're like, well, what what can you use? For indoor object recognition, well, you know, one of the things that is used now, and and I'm not going to talk about time of flight because time of flight is still for you know Wi-Fi is is still under development. We have we haven't really seen anyone use it yet, although I know it's it's being developed and worked on. Um, but traditionally, how you would do indoor recognition, even now is you do use something like a Bluetooth beacon. Um, so people who know, uh, you know you have a tile or you have like the, the Apple iTag, whatever, um, those, those use beacons and one of the things that you can do is um, you can use, a, a, you know, sometimes I say like something that's a side effect is also something you can sense. So the farther you get away from a, a, a two wireless devices get farther away from them, each other, um, the signal strength drops and that's bad because you know if you're a couple hundred meters away from a Wi-Fi hotspot you're not going to get you know good data transfer, you're going to drop a lot of packets, you want to be really close to your Wi-Fi router to get good signal and you want to have a direct line of sight. Well, you can take advantage of that property um, and use it for detecting where something is in space. So you see here in the middle you know you've got um, a beacon and if you have three um, transmitters that are transmitting um, or receiving the beacon data they can Kind of use the signal strength to kind of sort of triangulate where the object is. Only good for like a couple meters. I think it says here three to four meters. Um, also suffers from um, signals bouncing off of each other and off of walls. It's not great, but it's kind of what people use now. The good news is it's really cheap to implement. It's very easy. RSSI is built into like every radio chip. You don't need anything special. Um, you can you know you can use a variety of different chipsets to do RSSI. Uh, targeting, but you're only going to get that three to four uh, meters. So what's interesting about um, this new Bluetooth 5.1 capability is, and this is something interesting that, you know, as as I was reading about it, it doesn't do RSSI like distance detection or time of flight distance detection. That's something different. It does angle detection. It'll tell you the angle of where the object is, but if you have multiple angles, like, you can use that, again, with if you have fixed points and you know where they are, and you do the angle calculations, you can use it to detect where something is in 3D space. So you would put, you know, one of these, you know, detector transmitters in each of the four corners of uh, your room, like in uh, yeah, this, this, you know, mock-up here, and each one knows the angle, and then you combine that data together, boom, you have the location in 3D space of your object. Um... You know there's some math behind it but the, the math isn't so bad um you, you know you do need to have these kind of special funky um you know transmitter base stations and i'll show it on the overhead um because this is kind of what you're paying for Hold on, let me so yeah, so this is kind of interesting. So this is, you know, it's got a, uh, you know, Bluetooth 5.1 module here, it's got some buttons and it's got like an Arduino kind of shield sort of shape and uh, debug and everything. Um, but the thing that's really interesting about it is this um, intense antenna array. Um, it's got one, two, three, four, five antennas and it's got like this cross shape, which is also, I guess, part of it, or no, sorry, that's the uh, indicator. Pardon me, that's the uh, the LED indicator. Um, But it uses these antennas to determine um, the angle of attack, the angle of where it is. And one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is they're like, yeah, it's not distance. And yes, you can use it to determine distance by, again, doing this triangulation. But there are some situations where you might actually really just want the angle. You want to know where somebody is coming at towards you or, you know, um, we'll show the video where an object is with respect to a camera.
0: Okay. This is available on DigiKey.
1: Yeah, so the AO1, the XPLR AO1 Explorer, I don't know, AO1 angle attack, gives you one tag. And the tag is, you know, you can make your own tags. The tag is really just an, there's nothing super special about it. It's just an NRF 51, uh, sorry, NRF 52, 833. But the thing that you really want is this thing. And then there's the AO2 kit, um, which is the same part number, but AO2. And that one has uh, four of each. So that's where you want to do real Multi multiple devices detection within space. Um, This would be really great for um, Just angle angle of attack. Where is something in relation to um, this, you know, transceiver? All right, okay, and then we have
0: a little bit of video. There's no audio. So you want to do a little bit audio? Yeah,
1: this is you know This is a really cute demo and they have a blog post that uh, you know will link to you You can see this engineer showing off. uh, There's a pan tilt module and there's a camera And um, she's holding or they're holding a tag. And um, as they move through space, again, it doesn't know how far the person is, but it knows the angle they're at in respect to the base of the camera so the camera can pan around to find them. And I think it shows that you don't need to have, you know, three um, transceivers. You can really get away with a lot of, uh, there's a lot of applications where you can probably get away with just one.
0: All right. And that's okay. this weeks. i Check it out.
1: It's in stock now. I on NPI.
0: Okay. Don't forget the code Starro. 10% off
1: everything
0: in the shop. All right. Let's uh, get new products.
1: Okay.
0: Mm. All right. First up.
1: Okay. We finally had these in stock. I mean, these are new, not new, whatever. We, we, we had them coming soon for a while. This is the PoE2 hat for the Raspberry Pi. Uh, I believe it's for the Raspberry Pi 3B plus and 4 only. So watch out, you can't use it with older ones, um, but it plugs right in and it has this like, really cool flat inductor. It's got a, a much better heat uh, sink uh, fan thingy going on. Um, I think it's, uh, it's less bulky. It's um, probably got better performance check out the specs it's the same price um we have some in stock and if we're not sign up and we'll get another shipment
0: okay next up
1: okay we also have an stm 32 h 750 kit this is from WeAct. um they make the uh quote unquote black pill stm 32 f411 board that we carry and i just really like this dev board i'll say we didn't make this dev board uh, you know we're basically stocking it as is um we don't even have circuit python support necessarily for this chipset yet um, but we just thought it was such a good dev board that for the people who are interested in exploring this ultra powerful stm32 h7 chip i mean it's like 480 megahertz it's got 480 megs of q spy flash it's got like a megabyte of ram I really like this dev board. It's simple to the point. It's got the chip, SD card, USB-C, you know, bootloader, DFU button, a couple things on the bottom, some flash, camera slot. You get to really uh, experiment and all, all the breakouts. It's a, a great way to experiment with um, this new chip. And you know, I just want to clarify, it's meant for advanced users. I don't even know that there's an Arduino core for this chip, but uh, if, you're, if you're ready to rock out with um, ST's development system, uh, this board is for you. We also finally got our shipment of colorful clips. Um, These are from Lee Borg, Cyborg. Um, These are, you know, they're fun, festive, tropical alligator clips. um, They come in these cool, like lime green, I think like tangerine orange, uh, pink, my hair pink, (laughs) blink of purple and uh, you know, like a pastel blue. Um, you know, we have alligator clips that are like the regular colors, but maybe you want something kind of cool, kind of femme, kind of tropical, so. Shouldn't,
0: shouldn't be boring.
1: Don't be boring when you can have these beautiful alligator clips. I love it when people take something that has classical colors and they give it a twist. So these are super That's cool. cool. Um, we still are stocking. Yeah, kit.
0: also if you do workshops and these are yours, um, you know you'll be able to identify them and be like hey those are my yeah
1: th- nobody's going to steal your alligator clothes when you got these. Or, or they're definitely
0: really going to steal them next up
1: uh next up okay we've got uh this, this these are dht20 there's a couple different names for them, but these are basically ht20 temperature and humidity sensors we really like the ht20 these are an upgrade from the dht22 they are true i squared c sensors they come in three different shapes so we've got this like four pin module shape plugs into a breadboard. It's very inexpensive. If you open it up, dun da you see inside there's an HT-20. There's a thing on the top. And um, there's also a capacitor. Uh, who carry A good capacitor is always helpful. And two pull-up resistors. I love that they included the pull-up resistors. A tenth of a cent, but really handy. You can see the pin out there. It's also on the page. Uh, on the back, there's the uh, nicely engraved specifications. This is a really good low-cost temperature humidity sensor. Please, Everybody, for the love of God, stop using DHT11s and DHT22s and use these instead. We have Python code, we have circuit Python code, we have an Arduino library. It works wonderfully and you don't have to deal with like annoying timing stuff of the DHT11 and 22. Speaking of which, you don't have to use the AM2301 either because we've got the HT20 version of uh, this as well. It's kind of like an enclosed shell version, easy to mount, got four wires. Again, what's inside? hd 20 capacitor, two resistors, wires, easy to use, easy to connect, specs on the back. Please use this. There's even more. Next up, we've got the uh, durable version. You know, this is, I will say it's not waterproof, but it's, it's much more durable and protected. It's got this kind of um, mesh bubbly cover that will protect it for use outdoors. It's got a mounting, you know, clip and some uh, screws and everything, and inside, What do you know, it's also an AHT20, I squared C, temperature and humidity sensor, love these things. So um, these three, they're all part of a family. You know, if you just need a breadboard, get the cheap breadboard one. Want to mount it outside, want a little bit more durability, get the AM2315 version. Uh, But they all use the same code, Um, really like this sensor, strongly recommend it. Please stop using DHT11s and 22s. All right, next up. Okay, next up, uh, you notice that the Ultimate GPS modules that we've been stocking, um, we've had to revise all of the breakouts and the shields and everything because, uh, for reasons that I do not understand, the maker of the Ultimate GPS module that we've used for you know a decade or so um, stopped making them. However, um, there is another company that makes an equivalent module, it's, it's the same, similar chipset, it's a next generation chipset, it's pin compatible, Uh, And best of all, this one also um, supports uh, GLONASS, which is the Russian GPS alternative. So you can uh, also, you know, you can use this even if you aren't getting GPS satellites, you can use the Russian satellite system to also get location data. And did I mention it's pin compatible? Did I mention all the same software works? Did I mention it's even cheaper than before? Um, It's a little bit thicker because the antenna has to be thicker to pick up, I think, both uh, satellite systems. Um, but we've been using this module with great success. Strongly recommend it as a replacement for the previous module. And again, it's pin compatible. You don't have to worry about it.
0: All right, and we have we have a star of the show. But I, I kind of feel like the next round of products, and then the final product is a star of the show. So we have a bunch of keycaps.
1: We've got. Some fun keycaps. So yeah. um, we we kind of went on a little bit of a tear. We decided to get a bunch of custom keycaps that were inspired yeah, by that
0: one to last my
1: life. Yeah. yeah so right so, so this first is, up, yeah. this is the Git logo. The Git logo is under Creative Commons. It's by Justin Long. Thank you for yeah. uh, making it available. Um, yeah. We just thought it's a cool logo the, and maybe you want the, to have a back makeup.
0: of all of them is like this. By the
1: yeah. Way. The, 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 the back is the same. Them. So these are etched glow through keycaps. So all of them, you know, they look. Great, even yeah. without uh, a light behind them. But if you do have a backlit or underlit keyboard, they're going to look really good yeah. because you're going to have that glow effect. And so, effect. Uh,
0: I should be clear. So these are ones that we came up with. We didn't talk to anybody about this. This is just me. This is just.
1: These are my favorite things. And so I was like, what would I want on a on like a macro pad that was like, what do I do with coded? So some of these are a little bit I'll snarky. Fix. I thought would be funny. So yeah. you know, won't fix, which is a, you know a funny. If people you know, do, they close things with won't fix. But it's a little yeah. bit of a joke with us um, in, internally where we have a bug that's so difficult. We're, like, struggling with it, and we're all like, hey, you know, what if we what if we just close it as won't fix and just ignore it? Yeah. Uh, we, we don't usually do that. But maybe it is a feature, not a bug. Yeah, in which case, and this
0: one's always funny because it's hate fork.
1: It's hate fork. And
0: it's what people do during a project. I
1: think spite-driven development <laughs> is a powerful motivator. Um, and it's true. Yeah. There are a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of, history of computer science that is hate forked. Um, a lot of Linux is hate forked. A lot of operating systems and tools are hate forked. A lot of you know, web development, there's a lot of hate forking. Yeah. I mean, hate is a little bit facetious. I, you know, there's no hate here, but there's a little bit of the like, you see some code, it, you think you can do it better. I, I think it's funny just button. to have
0: it on your little keyboard because you're like, you know what? I can hit that button at any time. Yeah. So then next up.
1: Next up, uh, pull request. Uh, You you know, I'm trying to intermix the little, you know, a little bit of of bitterness, a little bit of sweetness. Um, We love pull requests. We make them all the time. It's a great way to contribute. And I think it's one of the most powerful things that we've added to programming. You know, for a long time we've had open source, but I think the pull request is sort of the next generation. It's how do people contribute back? And we finally made it as easy as pressing a button and also here's a button all
0: right and then the last one before the last one is this is uh this, looks, looks good to me
1: this one is i'll tell you this one is is uh for tan newt scott our, our developer who um you know sort of well trained us well into doing pull uh, you know pull request reviews we didn't used to do them and uh scott was like we should really do them and i was like ah you're right and so we started doing them and it's actually really improved our development process um, and one of the things that uh, I saw, you know, Scott was doing a lot of reviews early on, um, and uh, Scott would would put LGTM um, exclamation point or or you know period at, at in the reviews, and I was like, what is that? And it was, it's like I guess like a little bit of a Googleism. Uh, looks good to me. It's a it's a short way of doing an approval yeah. of a pull request. So I thought all these things together. I think this is this is kind of like the history of what I do.
0: Yeah, we had thing. another one, but it just won't fit, and I don't know if we're going to do it in the acronym. It's like works on my machine. Um, yeah, I
1: thought I think it looks right good right to right me, hate right. hey, fork I won't fix kind of, yeah. kind of cover that right. philosophy.
0: And then last up, this, is one, this one's a little different. This is official. Official. We worked with GitHub and got permission to make this.
1: Thank you GitHub.
0: Thank you GitHub, thank you Martin in particular. And we were able to make this an official thing, we could sell it, we have a license to do this. GitHub is super cool about this.
1: I love how they approved it, we sent them a, a photo mock-up. And yeah. I think on their internal, you know, yeah. Slack or whatever, they were, they, were like, like, so cool. they were like, "This is so cool." They are like, "This is so cool, approved." Yeah. And I was like, "I love it when you don't have to go through um, yeah. legal." Right, well, so no, we on. still had.
0: I still had to do a legal. No, plan. no,
1: but they, you know, they, yeah. they were just like, "It's this is great." So let me plug this. So this is what they look like off.
0: So I'm turning this. Sorry. Away. Yeah. That's what you want, right?
1: Flippy. Well, we want. Is it the wrong way? I think we want to flip. Flip. Oh, sorry. I will. How did it get reversed? I don't know. Okay, well, whatever, I'll just turn it upside down.
0: This is the, uh, you know, this is the overhead that isn't even, it wasn't even supposed to be survived. Uh, shouldn't have survived till now. This is the one okay. that died last Okay. Well, week.
1: this is fun because this is now, uh, you know, landscape. So let me auto focus.
0: Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that.
1: You know what? It's cool. It doesn't matter. Weird. Who cares? Um, so you see I have some non, uh, you know, some just generic keycaps. These are putting keycaps, um, And then at the top, you can see the demo showing. it just swirling through the colors. And then I think if I press it, it gets a little bit brighter, which, it just makes it just as dim uh you got the won't fix got the looks good to me got the uh hate fork oh when i press it it turns white so you can really see the color uh pull request uh octocat and git so uh i I just think you know if you're gonna have a mechanical keyboard why not just have a little bit of a a ridiculous uh key switch on there so i really love the camera's
0: actually even backwards right now
1: is it well
0: yeah who knows man
1: Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, pound won't fix. Won't fix. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So this ah, you know is this is the overhead that um, died last week, and uh, I thought it was back to normal, but apparently yeah. it's not.
1: That's cool. So I, like, I don't want to mess with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, let me try to.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. There I you mean, go. Like,
0: let me see if this is works possible. on my
1: machine. <laughs> Yeah, you know what it looks like. Anyway, so we have these uh, in stock. We got a bunch of them, and uh, we'll be making more because we we think it's fun to have custom keycaps.
0: And this is the official one. And I don't know how long we're going to be allowed to do this. So when they're back in stock, because we got through the first batch really fast, um, probably should pick up one. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. Okay. (laughs) Start to show beside you, Lady Ada, (laughs) our team, our employees, everyone in Discord.
4: It's
1: a keycap. No, it's a round rectangle display. Uh, People know Adafruit. We love to have custom displays, uh, breakouts and such. And it's been a tough year for displays. It's, um, they're, they've gone very expensive, but we didn't want to uh, bring this one out. This is a 1.7 inch diagonal 240 by uh, 280 display. And it's got a cool thing going on with it. It's grounded rectangle. Um, so this is, you know, if you have like a watch, like a smartwatch or whatever, you'll notice that they have, you know, rounded rectangle screens. And so these are, you know, designed for use in those cases. But I thought maybe people would have uh, some other use okay I have to remember this is yeah oh, sorry this is, <laughs> this is okay I got yeah. it. Um, it it works it works so let me this is freaking out um, so this display I'll say so you can see how it cuts off um, on the corner so this display I guess people are like oh and you have to do some special memory mapping no it it looks to memory in the memory the way you write to the screen it looks like a square display it's just literally those corner it, it just you know, corner pixels, they just don't show up. Um, so this is a, um, you know, you could use it for a smartwatch if you want, but it also just has a kind of a funky look to it. Um, you just use it like any other ST7789 display, nothing special about that there. Um, 240 by 280 pixels. It's an IPS display, so it looks good even if you're angled like this. Um, I think you know people are like making their own DIY smartwatches. This could be a good use for that. But it's got also got very high PPI, so any any sort of small wearable um, or project. And I think one of the things that's uh, we're trying out that's new with um, this TFT is you know a lot of people really liked our STEM IQT board system, where um, which is based off of SparkFun's Quick. Uh, it's it's the same compatibility, same pin out, where you can use any. Um, Anything with I2C would have the same connector, so you could easily plug and play and chain them together. And we thought, um, well, what if we did the same thing for SPI? Because a lot of people have displays, especially if you're making a smartwatch, you may not want to solder it in, you might want to have a flex display. So we actually saw that DF Robot had um, a pinout that they were using on some of their displays, I thought, this is really cool. We made it RS compatible, it's 3 or 5 volt logic, um, and we tried putting it on this display, So going forward we'll probably have dev boards that have this flip top flex connector that our tfts will be to plug into so you can just attach a display as easily as you would a, a stem qt so this is the first one so hopefully by the time this video is a year old we'll have a bunch of products with this connector on them
0: and let's do products
1: No, 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 okay, no, no, no. don't
0: forget to code Star. Ten percent off everything Starro. you saw. Alright, so I have some questions lined up, but we're gonna do top secret. Um, okay. get go your to adafruit.it slash secret. discord. That's where we do all the questions. Um, we'll get to those in just one second. Let's do top secret. Okay.
1: Out of the vault.
0: All right, from the vault, um, here it is.
1: Oh, the last trinkie. I'm finally getting to it. I know people have been so patient. Uh, yeah. So for
0: each Trinkie we have a character and some of the Trinkies are Not Forever Trinkies and I will uh, get murdered on Twitter when I talk about our Not Forever Trinkies because they'll think it's, it's NFTs. It's cool but it's worth it. But um, we have a character for each one. This is the little proximity bat yeah. and this is the one for um, the proximity Trinkie that, that'll be coming out soon. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think this overhead really wants to like give up the ghost, is that what they we're say? We're not going to let it, It we're wants. To we're going to reanimate it. Oh yeah, man, it, really, it sorry. wants to.
1: Pardon me, it was working and then, okay great. Right. Uh, so Proximity trinky. it's a trinky, so it plugs in, it's got a SAMD21, regulator, reset button, and over here, this is an APDS9960, which is a proximity uh, light and color sensor. It's kind of a nice all-in-one sensor that's also pretty inexpensive, it's only a dollar or so. Um, two NeoPixels and two capacitive touch buttons. Uh, so I actually did finish the design, and then of course I ordered the wrong thickness PCBs. So thankfully uh, they didn't get into the store, um, and we did a very small run. I'm going to order new PCBs, and maybe in a week or so, this will be in the shop.
0: Okay. And that's new... Yeah. Not, 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 new. No, not new. Not new, not new. It's, it's top secret. It's
1: top secret. All right. We're so we're going to roll right
0: into questions. Yeah, question up. we going through... Speedway mass? Yeah, I got a bunch lined up. Yeah. Okay, so you're ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hit the ones from back in time and then we'll get to the ones Uh, Is there any chance we'll get a high res uh, about 1080p small 5-7 inch screens that work with the Pi and other HDMI SPCs
1: Um, HDMI maybe not because those are going to be MIPI displays but I know that um, I was talking with uh, uh, Timon and there is some relaxation of the DSi interface on the Raspberry Pi so there's some promise there
0: Okay. Uh, next up, suggest a controller board for low power usage and hibernate function that can wake up in under a second. Any kind of it moved, wake up now circuit example.
1: Oh, you know, Sparkfun has an example where they use an accelerometer and and they use the um, the interrupt output to wake up. So any anything will wake up in under a second. That's not a very that's not a very short amount of time. Most things wake up in a couple of milliseconds.
0: Okay. Next up, uh, someone had asked uh, what do we use for DNS? Uh, our answers are probably the same one to other folks said 1.1.111, or 8.8.8. 8. 8. 8. 8. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They could set it for you. Eighteen dot 8. wait, eighteen eighteen 0.
1: 70. It's yeah. the MIT DNS. All right. <laughs> I uh, still remember after 20 years. <laughs> any
0: chance of creating a radon detector breakout? The sensor seems hard to find for a regular person. Ooh,
1: that does sound hard. I don't know where to get a radon detector. Okay. Maybe I'll do that for the great search.
0: Ooh, good one. Next up, i uh, making an ink display board. I was wondering if there's any 12-volt shot seat diodes that are okay to use with the 30-volt ones that they have listed. I'm trying to use what I already have. I'll probably get... The MBR0530, but I have a lot of the 0520s.
1: I think the voltage generated for e inks is around 18 volts, so 20 is cutting it close. Um, You could probably get away with it.
0: All right. Next up, still going through these. Uh... I built a bistable transistor circuit over the weekend and used the NRF PPK2 profiler to check the power consumption. Does eight milliamps seem excessive for just as few NPM transistors, resistors, and caps? Any tips on how to make it lower power, three volts for a battery project?
1: Transistors are not, NPNs are not low power. Um, you need to use MOSFETs for if you, if you want to avoid, because you're probably biasing them, and that bias current is what you're, you're measuring. I don't know your, your circuit, but I'm assuming that the, it's the bias that's what is sucking up the current. Um, you will you know, doing things in discrete logic, you have to be very careful. It's, it's not as easy to be low power. Um, there's a lot of tricks that integrated circuits use to, to reduce power consumption.
0: Yeah. Uh, has Adafruit considered diving into 3D printing and trying to revolutionize the space? Well, um, I...
1: I feel like it's already been revolutionized.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just to give you context, I was living in Seattle. Brie Pettis was a school teacher. I convinced him to quit being a teacher, come work for Make. The two of us moved out to New York City. He started doing um, NYC Resistor. Also was working doing an Etsy thing. Did a TV pilot called History Hacker. Came out the night that Obama was elected. Remember that. Didn't get ratings. Decided to then start MakerBot. And uh, I lived through watching 3D printers. I've heard Bree say this. I think publicly, but I'll, you know, I think it's probably okay. In the end, people want like $150 printers, and so the revolution of this space, uh, for the most part, just became low cost, and so yeah, we it would probably go out of business. It's it's really, it's It's really, it's really hard to bring any innovation to something that people don't want to pay for for what it could do, and the expectations are really high. So I don't think we'd be able to to uh, to do that. Um, But always interested. We'll see. for all the silicon that you have to import, have tariffs become unpredictable and can be factored in your bottom line? The government needs to kill off silicon tariffs, agree? Having tariffs along with the crazy silicon shortage, uh, pr- price gouging is nuts. Yeah, so we- Yeah, so
1: the, the tariffs are consistent and we have, re- you've seen products, their prices have been raised. Yeah. Um, I don't know the, the silicon. I mean, here's the truth. Silicon actually often is not made in China. It's actually often made um, in other countries and so not, sometimes it's packaged china but not everything is affected by it it's actually not silicon it's kind of everything else okay. that is affected
0: uh, is there a point when you where you start selling more cons- consistently product-wise it's just talking about products a lot or providing enough products to make something with I'm selling more each month but I'm not sure because I'm making more boards or more people are seeing my stuff I don't really
1: understand the question is there a
0: point where you start selling more consistently yeah I think
1: you know if you're selling if you're selling a product you want to have your your cash cows your mainstays and also explore and and add more I always recommend if you have a business to release something new at least once a quarter once a month is, is ideal
0: one of my mentors and this was when I was in advertising said to me something and I've applied it to other stuff the business is new business so if you're making new products all the time you'll always be able to sell some of the things that aren't the new product but the new product is the way to keep momentum keep pace oh we, this is why we do the show every week this is why we do this new products drive a lot of stuff yeah okay uh, any chance of a USB C Trinkie yeah we'll think about it Down the road. Uh, any tips on how to store transport lipo batteries like a hard shell or something
1: hard shell is good uh, it shouldn't be fully charged um, I, I don't have the recommendations but look online for how to ship uh, lipo batteries safely there is definitely guidance um, from um, government agencies and shipping agencies telling you how to do it
0: yeah uh can i make an adafruit game yeah maybe i mean like we wouldn't want it just to be respectful yeah i would i would be careful because like a good example is i wouldn't want adabot to like fire a gun you know things you like do that.
1: something that is inspired by adafruit but doesn't necessarily yeah eat, know, anyways, use
0: um we're pretty chill uh make a game or just make an outline send it to me we'll check it out uh, can you put Arduino and CP code on any given board? Not any given board, but a lot of boards. A lot of boards. Yeah, yeah anything like anything that can run Circuit Python can run Arduino. Doesn't work the other way around. Yes. And I think that's it. That is all the questions. Perfect timing. for this week.
1: Thanks, everybody.
0: All right, that's our show tonight, everybody. Don't forget the code of Staro. Staro, Staro, Staro. Star. Oh, there was a question from Twitch. You see, one bubbled up because uh, we didn't go over there. Recommended chip. To track quadrature encoder counts, high speed that takes weight off a microcontroller, maybe I squared C. I
1: think that Allegro has a couple of chips. They're not cheap. They are not cheap, but they do they do make encoder I squared C or SPI chips.
0: Okay. All right. Um, so, anyways, uh, thanks Jesse May. Behind the thanks Jesse May. Special thanks to all of our teams that are working here, all the customers that keep this going. Thank you. Uh, and then once again, the Code is Staro because we saw Suicide Squad. We're not part of the marketing team of nope. WB or DC or anything. We just watch movies sometimes, and sometimes we it's see pretty cool our stuff in it, and it's that's kind of cool. pretty
1: cool enemy style. I mean, so like, just wanted to look at the stars.
0: Yeah. All right, so that's our show. We'll see everybody next week. Bye, Here bye. is your moment of Zener.